Episode of the Fundamentals Podcast. I'm your host, Harley. Joining me on this episode is writer Tony Black. Tony has many a writing credit to his name and has been active for some years now, so he was kind enough to give me some of his time to talk about why that is, how he got started, where he is now, and so much more. We are focusing more on non-fiction writing in this particular case, but it's still a fascinating conversation and there's many different avenues in which Tony has taken it, including blogs, websites, his very own book, podcasting, and so much more. So let's get to the conversation. This is Non-Fiction Writing with Tony Black. Hello, Tony, and welcome to the Fundamentals Podcast. Hi, thanks for having me, Harley. It's great to be on. I'm really uh, honoured to be asked. No, no, the honour's all mine, mate. We've we've been talking back and forth for a few years, and um, as I said to you before we started recording, I've um, you know been keeping an eye on what you do and your writing, and it's it's really great stuff. And and so when we started talking, naturally about you. Uh, what you wanted to discuss, writing seemed like quite an uh, a really organic way to go about it so um, we're going to talk about that and I think we agree we're going to go more down the uh, non-fiction route because that's what you specialise in isn't it really I suppose <laughs> I, 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 I worry saying I specialise in anything is is you know yeah um, me putting myself out there but yeah I mean that that is kind of what I do more than fiction so yeah that's fine well you've got a number of credits to your name that would uh, beg to differ so you know would would validate what I've just said so <laughs> yeah, as I guess to begin then, how did you get into writing? Was it something you've always been passionate about or did you study it in college, anything like that? No, I've, I've the, the, the closest I've come to actually studying any of this would be I did drama at university some 20 years ago nearly now and I did a screenwriting module. So, because uh, for years I used to, that was what I used to do. I used to do online, I used to write screenwriting, I used to write scripts. Um. And so that's the closest I've ever come, doing a little bit of screenwriting. Uh, so I've never, I've never learned technically anything in terms of writing. I just always enjoyed it, really, you know, even from when I was really little. Um, it's hard to say when the, there was a point where I just started. I just remember particularly writing when I was a kid, because I'm a big Star Trek fan, so I used to write a lot of Star Trek sort of fanfic okay. <laughs> when I was a kid. Um, but I also used to, and I used to write them in like notebooks and things like that, because this was the 90s, you know, we didn't have home computers, mm-hmm. you know, or if we did, it was like a, it was like a Commodore Amiga that you'd be playing <laughs> Dizzy, the, the thing on it, you'd be pressing the, um, so yeah. there was nothing sophisticated type to type on. Um, so I used to write them in notebooks and things, but I do also remember, and bless it, bless my mum for, for indulging me in this, but I used to, I used to read, um, I used to read magazines like at the time. There were things like Starburst and TV Zone and all these kind of old magazines before the internet properly was ubiquitous in homes. And it would have all the all the write-ups on episodes of TV shows I loved at the time in the 90s, like the X-Files and all the Star Trek stuff. And um, I created my own magazine 
Okay. When I was a kid. And I used to write little reviews of episodes of things like The X-Files and Millennium and all these 90s shows I used to watch when I was about 12, 13 years old. That's awesome. And I'd put the... Like, I'd cut out pictures and I'd stick them in and then I'd put, and, and I was trying to emulate these things. It was very, very sweet, really, I suppose. Little boy trying to do. My mum was very, she was, she hadn't got a clue about any of it. Like, she never watched any of this stuff. She yeah. was watching Curry and EastEnders, you know, and I was watching all these American imports. And she, and bless her, she'd read it and she'd look at it and she'd go, oh, that's pretty interesting. Like, yeah. <laughs> if I was, if I, if it was a child of mine, I'd be like, what the hell is this? Like, um, yeah. but, like, but so that kind of encouragement, I think, made right. it, easier for me to actually like um to, to feel like it was something that i i enjoyed and carried on doing whether i was good at it or not really so yeah, yeah it goes back years it goes back years oh wow wow that's that's so thank you that was, that was an incredible insight to begin with and no i, I can relate to that little bit you know um i, th- I think everyone who's who's got a a hobby a passion you know when you're exploring it in childhood a, a parent's nodding smile of approval is always good even if they have no idea what you're on about, or even if you know it's whether it's a child yeah. bringing a kid, a, you know, bringing their mum a crayon drawing, or you know, or if it's like my mum suffering yeah. through me going, I can play this song, blink, you know, <laughs> and then having to go, yeah, that's something. <laughs> yeah. So no, yeah. that's that's really cool. It's making noise. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so I can, <laughs> so I'm imagining then, yeah, as you, you say, you go to university and then you're you're doing that module. So tell me a bit more about that, then. With we work with scripts. Well, well, I mean, it was it was strange because we were writing things like we were putting together like short films. Actually, to be fair to the, to my university, it was Wolverhampton University in the early two uh, thousands. This was, and they were keen to sort of give us a lot of it was very physical theatre kind of stuff. To be honest, it's kind of stuff that I now find cringeworthy <laughs> to even watch, let alone take some of the things I did. Harley, yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Like there was one whole play where I was dressed in a toga. <laughs> like for the whole thing okay it's just and me and my friend who we're all still mates like you know we, we sometimes look back on these pictures and we're just like oh my god just yeah. cringe city um so that side of it which was the main side of it really i was never that bothered about i should have really done a screenwriting course i should have really done film studies because there was a point as well we were doing um uh, a film studies module and we'd get to go and sit in the uh, the cinema in Wolverhampton and we'd watch things like The Third Man and Raging Bull and then we and I loved that and I think now I think back why the hell didn't I do that mm. instead of drama you yeah know? Um, and so those kind of modules screenwriting film studies and things like that really leapt out as the things that I loved and I suppose it was we were trying to write short films to then the idea being that we make one as part of our module and uh, we did we made one the uh, Black Country Museum um, in the Midlands which is I don't know how well if you know it or you, anyone listening knows it, but it's a very accurate recreation of like the early sort of the p- sort of Peaky Blinders sort of era, I suppose, if you can visualize um, industrial revolution kind of stuff. And it's brilliant. Like the, 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 the whole atmosphere, it's fantastic. So actually being able to perform something we'd all sort of written, filmed, and then we had it shown in a cinema in Wolverhampton was a great like... Uh, like culmination of all these little things I enjoyed. So the the little bits of screenwriting, the little bits of, you know, watching things to sort of inspire how you make this this kind of stuff. And I was suppose I was doing it at sixth form as well because I was um, I was, <laughs> this sounds so pretentious. Okay. I was rewriting. I was rewriting. Um, I was I was rewriting Anton Chekhov of all people. Oh well, um, you know, he needs a bit of Russian. a rewrite, doesn't he? I mean, he needs a rewrite. He's you know, who is he really? Yeah. You know, I mean, when, like, when you've done with that, um, move on to Shakespeare, and you know. <laughs> 
That's it was great. Th- because we were we were putting on, we had to sort of adapt a little bit of like a, a story for screen screenplay sort of effect. And I okay. did the uh, the Caucasian short circle. It was called by Chekhov. Mm-hmm. And I can't even remember anything about it now, Harley. It's twenty years ago plus, so I've no idea what the story is anymore. It's something to do with a judge. Okay. And I wrote that. I wrote that as a script, as a play. And um, I, I my, my drama teacher at, at sixth form thought it was good for what it was, you know, for like a sixteen year old or whatever. And that was a great experience. So these little things all sort of, you know, factored into a general sort of enjoyment. I think. You know, because I, I haven't obviously gone on to be a writer as such and sort of, sort of screenplays, but I think it sort of influenced why I find unpicking films and TV shows so interesting because once you learn a little bit about how they construct this sort of stuff together, you start to think about how it works. And I think maybe that's part of why I went down the road I did. In the okay. end, you know? Yeah, I was going to say, because where you are now um, as a you know, more established writer is it's, it's definitely a different field to script writing it's safe to say so yeah so how did that mm. sort of transition come about then well I, I for years really it was more i mean all through like my 20s i was kind of then I, i'd left university and i wasn't in anything artistic you know i'd started working in schools and things like that and i i was for fun i started writing screenplays like a partly fan fiction stuff, but also a little bit of original stuff, but mainly sort of fan fiction stuff. And it was actually screenplay format. So they were written like TV shows or written like movies. And there's a website called um, MZPTV out there and it, uh, .com. And it's ev- all, the, all the stuff's on there, all the things I've written. And it's loads of stuff. I won't lie. It's, it's like years worth of kind of scripts. And not all of them are very good, but some of them I'm actually still quite proud of, even though it's years and years ago now. Oh, cool! And it was a, there was a whole community. Like in the end, like one of one of the uh, uh, one of the ushers at my wedding was a guy I met on that website. You know, so nice. I've made actual real life firm friends out of it. Um, and so that was something I did for a long time. But I found myself on that forum, just sort of writing occasionally, sort of film reviews here and there, and commenting on film. But I wasn't really writing critical analysis as such at that point which is kind of i suppose what i do now really um it was only really i tell you a, a turning point was when i found letterboxd oh yeah are you familiar you familiar with letterboxd yeah i've heard of them yeah quite a famous uh, movie reviewing site yeah movie review site and i mm. remember stumbling across them sort of towards the beginning mm. around 2012 i think was roughly when they came about okay um something along those lines and that immediately sort of clicked with me so i started writing stuff on there um for every film i saw and i I think it was around that that sort of point as i got to about 30 i sort of started to transition more into writing this kind of stuff um but there was no one big thing that transferred from the the writing stories into writing and analyzing other people's stories i think i was just doing in my head i think i was just sort of watching all this stuff and building up a knowledge base from my own, like, you know, just I'm not classically trained. I don't have degrees coming out my arm. I don't anything like that. But I've just watched a lot of stuff. I've read a lot of stuff. And you, you sort of learn by osmosis a bit, really, I think. Yeah, it sounds like that. And I guess it, it seems like quite an, it's quite funny because um, I think um, on the surface, you could look at it, what, script writing, reviewing, those are two separate fields. But actually, it's 
from what you've just said, it seems like there are skill sets and a mindset really behind them that you've kind of just blended in to the two. And it seems like a natural progression. And I think you're right. I think if you're a, f a film lover, like I consider myself a, a big cinema goer, and it, mm. you, everyone's got that internal critic or that internal you know analyst mm. going on in their head. And that's the wonderful thing about movies, isn't it? Is we can all get different yeah. things from it. And so we all come away, for, you know, hence why you could have like 10 people go and see a movie and you can ask them, what did you think? And you'll get 10 different answers. Definitely. So, um, yeah, yeah it's, it's natural, I think, for, for all of us to develop that kind of mindset. And if you've already developed the skills in writing and you've got the ball rolling, I can see how the two kind of meet somewhere in the middle. And I'm, I'm guessing then as you've sort of carried on, you're writing more for Letterboxd, you must have enjoyed a lot of that then and just naturally mm. was gravitating more and more towards that. I, I became a little bit obsessed with it. I'd be writing like <laughs> I'd be writing like five hundred words on basically every film I'd watched, and I've watched some rubbish, Harley. You know, like um, over the years, I really have. And I, you know, writing five hundred words on I don't know Paul Blart Morkoff. Nobody <laughs> should be doing that. You know? That's a that's so like I'm, there are I'm a little bit there are life sentences that are less painful than that, surely. <laughs> Right, exactly. So I'm like, you know, there, there was a point I remember being, I remember being at home um, poorly. I had like the flu or something. And uh, I was just watching films. I was off work. I was watching films. And I was frustrated. One of them I remember very vividly was Dog Day Afternoon with Al Pacino. Um, it's the one where he goes, Attica, Attica, Attica. I've probably seen the clip. I have, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and and I, I watched that and I was so annoyed because I had no energy to review it because I was exhausted and I was tired mm. and I was angry at myself. Oh. I was like, I haven't reviewed, I haven't reviewed this because right. I was that into it. Mm. And that was, to be honest, that was a bit of a point where I went, I should probably not do this all the time. <laughs> <laughs> because yeah, yeah. This is getting a bit much. Right. Um, and I was still, it was still overlapping with a little bit of the right, the script writing at the same time. It's funny, you know, I've never really thought of the connection there, really, between the two, actually, now, since you've said, until you've said that, and how there might actually be a link. And I think maybe there is, in the sense that when you're on a, pure, on a purely amateur level, which I've always been, you know, in terms of the writing, it was pure fun. I, I, I have no screen credits or anything like that, you know. But I'd like to think we got to a certain level of quality with it. And I'd like to think if anyone does go and check out some of that NZP stuff, you might read some of it and think this could be filmed. You know, this could actually. There was a, some work here and there, some rewriting and stuff. It's not that bad. And I think when you when you're thinking about stories and how they work, I think anyone who reviews anything critically has an understanding, whether they realise it or not, of how a story works and how a structure of a, of a story works. Whether it's the script or the visuals, and usually it's all blended together. And it allows you to form a, a, a viewpoint based on what you've seen, what you've experienced, the knowledge you have and the internal sort of workings. Because I think for me, the critics that I enjoy the most or the reviewers I enjoy the most, are the people who I think understand the filmmakers and what they're trying to do as opposed to just looking at a piece of work and going, I didn't like that. You know, and like, you know, you, you said how, how a lot of people have that internal critic. And I think most people do when they think about it. But some people, they'll just receive something completely passively. You know, you might know, you know, random members of your family who aren't really into films. They might just watch something on the telly on a Saturday night or whatever. And then you'll go, what, what do you think? And they could be watching Psycho, right? <laughs> right? Classic movie. Yep. And they might go, oh, that's all right. 
And I, if if, yeah, yeah. if someone says that to me, right, and I and I, I don't, I really don't say it to them. But in my head, I'm thinking, how can you just say mm-hmm. that word? Like, yeah. do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, like, I, I one hundred percent get that, mate. That is something that you know boils my blood when like there's something that <laughs> is something like that film, for example, that is so layered, and and again, yeah, not without risk of sounding pretentious, but like it, you don't have to have a degree to understand the themes and the incredible stuff that Hitchcock did with that film. You just have to be paying attention. And I feel like a lot that I agree with you. I feel like I have that experience a lot. And I used to have it a lot when I was going to the cinema really regularly and I'd come out of films and, you know, I would watch a film and go, I loved it because it did X, Y, Z. And I like what the director was doing. And even again, I'm not, I'm not a film, um, you know, I'm not a film student. I don't know any of the technical terms, but I'm just, I can appreciate it. Yeah. And I'm thinking about what the, the story he was trying to tell or what the certain thing that an actor did that I thought was really effective. And I'll have all of these thoughts and then I'll turn to a friend of mine and they'll just say exactly that. They'll be like, yeah, it was all right. I'll be like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> like, what do you yeah. mean? And I just have to walk away. because like, It's just a film. It's just a film. It's just a film. It's yeah. okay. <laughs> and, and, that, and that's it. That's exactly it. it, it, it it's yeah. just a film. And I, I, I say these things with that kind of, you know, caveat of mm-hmm. it is perfectly fine for somebody yeah. to just go and watch something and not really think about it as such. But yes. it, but I think, and if, if that's how you want to engage with something like this, fine. Yeah, that's true. But I, my brain doesn't work that way anymore. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I don't know if it ever did in a way. I think <laughs> even when I was younger, I think I was still interested in how something works like this. You know, a piece of art in this case works. And I think that, there are, I think, more people are like that than the opposite, actually. I think more people go into a movie, uh, whether they're watching at home or whatever, and they, they come out the end of it, and they'll, they'll critique it in some way. Yeah. You know, even if it's not to the degree where they've got all the contextual knowledge and all that stuff, they'll still maybe talk to their family. If it's a f- film worth watching anyway, they'll talk to somebody they're with and go, I liked it because of this. And then you get a little bit of a back and forth. So I think so many people do that in their mind anyway. All I've done with writing is sort of try and develop that for me. And, you know, along the way, thankfully, some people have enjoyed reading some of it. Like, you know, because <laughs> I think all of first things first with this stuff, you've, you've got to want to do it for yourself. I think you've got to enjoy doing it for yourself, really. And then if anyone else enjoys it, that's a bit of a bonus, I suppose. Yeah, I, w- I would say that's definitely a, a big part of it, because um, uh, as you sort of touched upon there, really, you, the, the, I think the inner passion to do something like this is definitely needed. I, I think it's safe to say in more or less any art form, you have to have that. You have to have that inner drive to do it yourself because mm. there's going to be a million other people who are doing the same thing. So if you're in it mm. to get money or to, you know, be noticed, sorry. Um, <laughs> it, yeah, yeah. It, it, you may eventually end up in that position, but that will take years um yeah. so if you're in it for that reason you won't last five minutes and i think that's in any art form especially in writing because there are lots and lots and lots and lots of movie critics podcasts yeah. all that stuff tons tons but yeah i think the people like yourself tony that that have a lasting voice and i, and I would say this from just an audience point of view when i listen to someone like yourself or read your articles is that i can tell that you care and and that's what i look for okay if i'm Look, if I'm reading someone's thing, is that they've they're adding their own spin on it, and ultimately, what you're saying that 
I can clearly tell he obviously enjoys this. There's obviously a part of you that does this. I mean, it might be worth the audience knowing that you do this in your in your spare time. This isn't something that you're, you know, living off yeah. and making millions. You're doing it because you care and because you love it. Yeah. I, I, I also have an exceptionally patient wife. <laughs> like, <laughs> exceptionally. More patient than she gives herself credit. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah. <laughs> well, that's very nice of you to say. Thank you. I mean, I mean it, it. it's... There, there will be people out there who, like with with me and any, and like any other person, they'll read it and they'll they'll it's it's not for them, you know, or they'll just not be very interested. And and I think, you know, some people are, and I've met people like this, both in the 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 writing and the podcasting realm, which I do a lot of as well. In that they they they're they're nervous to sort of share their their thoughts in a way. They're nervous yes. about putting themselves out there. Because maybe they, they worry. And you know what I find a lot of, actually? People who are extremely worried about how they will be perceived when they're recording something. So quite often, if I'm recording with somebody and they make a mistake or they get something wrong, they will want that cut. Even if in the podcast they're realising what they've done, they're realising, oh, yeah, I've got that wrong, haven't I? Oh, yeah, me. oh no, yeah, you're right. That's, you know what I mean? They'll, they'll want that cut away because they're worried about how people are going to perceive them. I, for the most part, keep that stuff in because I think, for me, I don't. We don't know everything. I don't know everything. I'm still. I just this week as we record, I've learned about Jallo movies. You know the sort of Italian slasher movies from the early seventies and how they influenced things like Friday the Thirteenth. Right. Right. Now, I never knew anything about that before. Okay. I'd heard of Jallo, but I'd never. And I, you know, and I'd heard of things like Bird with the Crystal Plumage and all that stuff, but I'd never watched any of it. Recently, I have, and I've learned loads of things, which will then inform maybe future pieces I do on whatever. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um. So I, I think it's it's a process. You're constantly sort of picking up and developing stuff, and I think you, 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 either your voice or your or the way you write sort of changes with that mm. as time goes on. You know, if I was to read something I'd written in 2014, which is roughly about the time I started putting a blog first blog together and all this kind of stuff um and and what i record about podcasting it would be different i know i i know it would i'd be looking at it thinking this is missing things mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know that 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 now i probably would be able to draw together so i it really is a constant process of of learning for the like you say the fun of it the joy of it definitely i i i you know I, I'm almost certain I'm never going to make a living out of this. Like, uh, I could be doing it till I'm 80, Harley. You know, I, I, I a few years ago, I did, um, I, create, I co-created with a friend of mine a, a website called setthetape.com, which is still going, thankfully, because it's got a, a bunch of people involved who are still curating it and things like this. But honestly, one of the reasons I stopped doing it was because when me and my partner first went into it, we were hopeful that we could try and make it into one of the, the movie sites online and and gain some revenue and pay writers. And we soon realised it's just you are fighting such an uphill battle. And there are already dozens of established sites out there. And I didn't have the energy to do it, to be honest, and to, to chase that. And I was like, you know what, I don't do this for that, you know, for the getting the clicks to get the money to get the... It's not how, what I do oh, it for. That's, that's, and, yeah, you know. totally. And again, that integrity, I think, is so important, especially in writing, because sort of to go down this little rabbit hole with you, 
I think it has become a real, thankfully, a real backlash now to the kinds of websites, particularly in media journalism, that rely heavily on that clickbait revenue. Mm. Um, and it's just a, it's a joke now. You know, there's, there's several websites mm. that I'm not even going to dignify by naming them because we all know who they are. That yeah, you, I know you talk yeah, about Yeah, you know exactly who I'm on about. <laughs> I know. If anyone wants I to know, know, I tell you what, I will shout out. I will shout out an excellent Twitter account, which is, I think it's like clickbait or something like that. Um, yeah. I'll find it. Film clickbait. Film clickbait. It's something like it's that. It's incredible yeah. because they just call all of these people out. They save you the hassle yeah. of click. Because yeah. a lot of these guys will write very, I'll admit, enticing headlines sometimes and make you go, mm. hmm. Especially if you're like, like myself or like age, you know, or yourself, Tony, who are very, very, you know, curious about these things, these latest mm. releases. And let's face it, we're nerds. So we're, we're like, oh, what's that about yeah. Iron Man? But then that's how they 100%. do it. Yeah. And then it's like a, it's like a, you know, a thousand page article, which you have to scroll past 50, 100 adverts to get to yeah. a, a yeah. one, what could have been summed up in a sentence as we don't know. Yeah. So, yeah, I will give those guys a shout out on Twitter because, you know, they're doing the Lord's work as far as I'm concerned, exposing people <laughs> like that. But but, that, but that's the point, right. though, isn't it? Yeah. Is that, yeah, if, if that's what happens if if you don't check yourself, I think, if you don't do what you and your, mm. your business partner did and go, hang on, what are we doing here? Because mm. it's easy to go down that rabbit hole and chase, you know, chase the money. But it doesn't go anywhere. And the trouble is, then there'll be hundreds of other sites that will do exactly the same thing. And you'll just get, yeah. you'll become a joke. Um, yeah. And yeah, I think if you're getting into writing, especially if, you know, you dear listener want to get into it, here's a great piece of advice from Tony is basically do it because you love it. Yeah, do it. And, and you will almost certainly find people out there who like or are interested in what you want to say. If you've got an opinion and you want to share that, do it, whether it's verbal or written or anything like that. There's been one thing that's been a big thing lately has been writers making sure they get paid for the what they do. Now, I'm, I'm, a bit, I'm a bit back and forth on this because I think, yes, I agree that in an ideal world, anyone who puts work out there that they spend time on would get paid for that work, yes. But we don't live in that world completely, I'm afraid. Not everybody who puts a, an opinion out there and they want to share it with other people, maybe beyond just their own personal blog, is going to get paid because there are so few outlets that pay for critical writing, particularly in popular culture, which is kind of my area. Um, and it's so hard to get a foot in the door with a lot of these places because like any other business, they've got their regular contributors who they know and they trust and can deliver and all these things, and they don't often want to take chances on other people, you know. Um, I'll say that for, um, I'm sure you've probably heard of him, but Simon Brew uh, with Film Stories. Yes, I He used to be yeah. the editor of Den of Geek. Credit to Simon Brew, who I don't know personally, really, but he he's giving people opportunities who haven't necessarily been paid for work before on Film Stories, and that's great. And he's a big arbiter of making sure you get paid. But thank, luckily, he has the platform to do that, and he's using that platform in a really good way. There are so few people who are in a way, though, and doing that. And I think it's really hard. And I, I just don't want it to put people off writing because they think, oh, if nobody's going to pay me, then what's the point? It's like, well, no, the point is you having a go. It's you putting yourself out there. It's building that confidence. And it, it can do wonders for mental health as well, I think. Sharing that love of what you do. It's not just about getting paid. It's not just about reputation. It's about the, the joy of sharing 
something, even if you're reviewing something that a million other people are reviewing, like Star Trek Discovery, say, or, you know, Lovecraft Country that's just finished. Who cares? Just review it. Say what you think. Because if you love it that much and you're passionate about it and you're interested, then it's worth something. And I think that's what I'd say to anybody, really. Just just write. Just do it. You know? Where would you say is a good place for people to begin, then? Are there any sort of platforms you'd recommend going to? Or are they better off just starting out on their own? Well, I mean, I, I would say if anyone's interested in films, I, I'd check out Letterboxd, actually. Because while, while it has been known as being a little bit toxic at times, there are a lot of good people on that on that platform and you get, you'll get toxic people on any platform to be fair <laughs> these days there are a lot of good people and it's you can use it as a film diary and the great thing about it is you can if you can friend people on there and then get friends back like a social media network in a way and then you might get likes for some of the comments and you know if a few people get get a like here and there from somebody who's read what you put and you know enjoys it then that's going to boost your confidence so i think on that basic level if you're testing the water then do go on something like that because you'll meet other people like-minded. You know that's certainly for movies anyway. For there isn't quite an equivalent for things like TV, say, um, or say comic books. I don't think, or you know, all these different areas, novels and that kind of, or book writing and that kind of thing. Beyond that, I'd say um, start your own blog space. Really, I would say start your own blog space, which is free to do, really, and then. I mean, this is how I do it, but I utilize social media by pushing things out to people. So I will use my, not just say my own Twitter or my own Facebook, but I will join Facebook groups, Facebook communities. And I know Facebook is the devil for a lot of people, but, (laughs) (laughs) and yes, Facebook are using us every day, (laughs) but you can also flip it around and use these platforms, I think, for yourself. Things like Reddit. You know, find the groups, find the subreddits for, for whatever you're interested in. Like right now, I'm doing um, season reviews of Alias, the TV show from the, from the noughties. And every time, every time I write an episode review of Alias, I'll put it in the Alias subreddit or I'll put it in the Alias groups on Facebook. Immediately, you're targeting people who know and are interested in that. You know, and, and that's the way I do it. And whether it, it won't yield tons and tons of comments or likes or anything like that, but ultimately you will get people read it and you'll, and you'll potentially get people to discuss it with. So I would say there are always ways to share, but you have got to put yourself out there. You have got to, you know, unle- until you get to the point where you are a recognised, you know, unless you're, until you're Mark Kermode, <laughs> right, or someone like that, You've got you've got to push it out there. You've got to not be afraid to say, this is what I'm about. This is what I've done. You know, are you interested? And I think if you do that, then you'll slowly build up confidence because you will get people interested. Well, thank you. Yeah. I mean, as you say, sort of coming back to it, then that's that's kind of how you got started with your blog. And then how did it sort of evolve mm. from there? Because You've you've done a bunch of different websites, haven't you, over the years and different different publications. <laughs> <Too many. laughs> I guess I guess that's chop and change a lot. I guess that's another way then is perhaps finding more communities as you go then. Yeah, I think so. And also not being afraid to ask to get involved with some of these sites as well. I mean, like, like um one of the first I wrote for a few years ago was Flickering Myth, who uh are, you know, still around, got do loads of stuff, Flickering Myth. And they were very good, you know. I I said you know you're looking for writers and and the guy who runs that gary is a good guy and and he was like yeah great you know and then uh, i wrote loads of stuff for them over like a year period and i burned out a little bit um 
and then after that I start I create I, I had a go at creating my own we set the tape and I've done various other little bits for other websites but I would say you know look at those websites see if they're looking for people you know quite often they are quite often they 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 want people to write for them it's just finding the right time and the right window to do that you know so I think that's a, that's a big thing because that's what I did and then with them um, with the blog it's funny because the, really the blog only really the blog I've got now that is sort of now <laughs> transformed what well, I'm okay so I started this blog at like in like the middle of 2017 because I wanted my own space to write things and I've been doing that on and off pretty regularly for the last three years but now what I'm trying to do is broaden that out to encourage people to come and write who I know for that platform it's 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 basically a blog sort of a website blog but I want people to just feel like they can come and write stuff on there and a few people have so far and there might be some but it's very relaxed it's very laid back I'm not it's still mainly my website my web space but if I can open it up and other people can come and write on there, I can't pay anybody yet. But if they want that space to do that, then it's there. You know what I mean? So I think it's that's kind of where it's developed um, for me as just somewhere that I can just write about what I want to write about, really. And then if any other things come up, if any other websites it's a, are available to write for, great, I'll take that opportunity. But it is hit and miss where that goes, you know. Um, but I enjoy doing it. I enjoy doing it. And it's, it's a, like I say, I would encourage anyone to get their own blog space, really, because you can do what you want, basically. <laughs> yeah. You know, just write about what you want. That's true. That's true. And I guess the nice thing as well about what you're saying there is you don't necessarily have to worry, particularly in this sphere of writing, about having a hook or an angle. You just, I guess, no. be authentic is, is the message, really. Yeah. yeah. Write about what you're interested in, I think, number one. You know, it can be, and, you know, it can be it can be anything really like my my interests are fairly along similar lines they're all kind of creative sort of pop culture artistic stuff but you can you can write about anything and you know don't be afraid to just put it out there on on a on a space really um and because that's that's all i really do you know it's just it's just sharing what i want to share you know, and it could, and just that, so it just so happens that I'm quite limited in what I like. <laughs> 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 really. You never, you're never going to see me reviewing like the the latest Premier League football match. You know, much as I don't dislike football as such, it's just it's not. I'm not going to suddenly veer off. Although I did write about the World Cup a few years ago. Oh well, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> you got, so, got further than me. Maybe, um, <laughs> maybe I will. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Fair enough. You never know. Yeah. If anyone out there wants to challenge uh, Tony to write in about <laughs> Premier League or something, that's where you give it a go. Hey, you know, if you, if you, yeah, you know, if you throw the gauntlet down, yeah, <laughs> I can write about how they're so weird because no, there's no crowds and yeah. it's just spooky watching a football match right now. Be, yeah, yeah, without all the drunken hecklers, like, this, this feels wrong. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so just, um, I just find it interesting because again, I, I've been sort of loosely in touch with you for a few years and I've seen you do all these mm. blogs and stuff with Flickr at Myth and and then out of nowhere it feels like you just went hi everyone here's a book bam <laughs> <laughs> and not only is it the kind of book where it's like you know I, I think of people like um Charlie Brooker you know a famous journalist who write columns and their, their mm. books are basically just a massive collection of all the stuff they've written over the years which is like okay fair enough but you turn around and went into something that's it's almost at the core of everything you've been doing for a few years and it's fascinating so why don't you tell us a little bit more about that then 
Well, thanks. I it, The book is called Myth Building in Modern Media, The Role of the Myth Arc in Imagined Worlds. I didn't choose the title, to be honest. Um, <laughs> who, who did? <laughs> uh, um, that was my publisher, okay. uh, McFarland, who I, I have got nothing but good to say about, to be fair. They yeah. are fantastic and they're super encouraging um, and they're just terrific. Uh it's 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 a very difficult book to sort of explain what it is, to be honest. And I've, I've had this problem with my family, I tell you. <laughs> like trying to explain, trying to explain to my dad, quite who's who's who, who I don't, he he could not be less interested in the stuff I like <laughs> if he tried, right? Um, it, not in a bad way, not in like no, a dismissive no, no, way. No, no, but no. He's, he's yeah. just he's a massive football nut and yeah. he's into all that. So trying to explain that to people has been tricky. In a nutshell, it is. Um, it is about essentially the, the mythology, the modern mythology of television and film, in a sense. In that, when the, the, the programs I found myself and the films I found myself interested in always have a broader world building behind them. So, my favourite ever show is The X Files, which sort of coined the term of a mythology in fiction, a mythology of its own, the alien mythology, the idea that underneath the story that's being told and in that case it's a couple of fbi agents investigating the paranormal there is this entire backstory and fascinating history that is rippling underneath and affects the characters and you find that in so many things you've seen it in game of thrones fairly recently we see it in westworld now we see it in lovecraft country which i mentioned earlier which is just finished we see it in lost in buffy the vampire state so many things and it goes back years it goes back to and in the book i sort of draw a line from Stuff like um, H.P. Lovecraft mm. in the 1930s, who is in a major comeback mode right now, Lovecraft. Everything is a bit Lovecraft. Yeah, I, I recently um, heard a podcast episode uh, um, all about the, his sort of life story and the building of mm. the Cthulhu missile. This is something I've always yeah. been like vaguely aware of, but you're right, it's having yeah. a big resurgence. And This is it. The, yeah. the, I do mention that. The Cthulhu mythos you were about to say is exactly what this is it's a mythos a myth art and they all it all sort of ties together so you've got this line of people writers you know um people writing books and, and fiction who are telling stories but there's a wider sort of world around it so th this book is very much about that and it's about how how does how does that affect the kind of things that we're seeing today, like the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which is itself got a mythology, mm -hmm. for instance, um, and the sort of TV shows that did have it, or and people haven't really heard a lot of, or things that are a bit more cult, like say The Prisoner from the nineteen sixties, and all this kind of thing. So it sort of draws all these things together, um, and it sort of came out of. I think you've you've said that quite nicely when you said it sort of distills everything that I've been talking about, because I kind of think it, in a way it does. In a weird way, it's sort of all the things I've sort of been. It, it's just it was wonderful writing a book that where I was could do chapters on the X Files and Lost and Millennium and all these things that I've just adored for years, and I could have done loads of other stuff. I could have included Babylon Five and Battlestar Galactica and all these things, but you know we've only seen many hours in a day. Yeah, but like, <laughs> <laughs> um, I do think there's a sequel in it. To be honest, I do oh, think yeah. there's another book there one day, um, but uh, it came out of the fact that. A friend, do you want me to tell the story? Yeah, please, please do, please do. So, a friend of mine who has been a, quite an inspiration on me, actually, a guy called Darren Mooney, um, 
was a, a, had written a book for McFarland, an American publisher. And I would say to anybody, if, if you do happen to read anything I write, Darren is doing what I do, but at a lightning warp speed of intelligence that I will never reach. <laughs> <laughs> Darren is an astonishingly good writer. Okay. Um, and he's a lovely bloke as well. I've done many podcasts with him and things like this. Um, and it was thanks to Darren that I, got, I was connected with McFarlane because I, I, I knew he'd published through them and he, he hooked me up with the editor of this. And it was very, it was for considering that publishing is very difficult to break into, it was inc incredibly easy. And I hate to say that in a way, but it was literally, I have, an, I have this idea for a book which seemed to just coalesce in my head. And they were incredibly receptive, you know, and it was a pitch and it was a bit of writing to prove what I can do. And we were off. And it took a year nearly, it was 2018, the craziest year of my life, I think, Harley. I was getting married and I wasn't just getting married, but we were basically staging the entire wedding ourselves because we got married on a farm. Oh, wow. Um, and it's a, it's a story in itself, but the, <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the cow shed uh -huh. was, was basically our wedding reception. Okay. Area. So we, had to, we spent months cleaning out a cow shed full of cow feces right. like up to your neck. <laughs> Oh I, did a, I, did a, I did more. I did more pressure washing in that year than I'll ever do in my life. I'm telling you. Right. So, and if you look at the if you look at the photos now, I'll have to send you a photo of it. Right? Please do because yeah. it's it's now it, it's it was, if I say so myself, and it wasn't just me and my wife. It was a whole team of people who were marvelous. It looked amazing, and now it's the cows are back, so you can imagine how it looks now. But <laughs> that year, I was I was I was we were getting married. I was writing a book. At the same time, well, when we were at the farm, I'd yeah. steal some time and I'd be writing this book at the same time. So quite how, and I was working and all this, I don't, and quite how I managed to do that, I don't really know really. Um, but I did it, I got it done. And then uh, it took a while to publish, not just because of COVID, because it came out in June, but um, it took a while because there's a big, you know, process for it. But um, I was as surprised as anyone else, to be honest, Harley, that I did it in a way, because it was something that I hadn't, I hadn't, planned for the whole of my life to be honest i thought i'd write a fiction book first mm. i thought i'd write a novel or a story because i've had things drafted or little little bits of things written for years but i've just never had the the, the the push or the impetus to finish it so it was a surprise to me but it just sort of all came together just i had i think i had a lot of these ideas brewing and uh and like i say the, the publisher was was great i think it's you know, I don't know if it would have happened if it wasn't for them, you know, giving me a chance, really, because that was it. It was I, I, I don't have any great qualifications. I'm not well known. I don't have any, you know, mega, mega fan base. It was just they 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 took a chance, really. Mm. And it's very nice now that I'm on my third book with them. Brilliant. Um, with hopefully more to come, really, eventually. So there's one that's going to publish next year, which is all about Star Trek and critical history okay so it's basically tracking the 1960s through to now and about how star trek reflected the world around it so whether it's the vietnam war the cold war yeah sexual liberation lgbt right all these things brewed together yeah. um and yeah that'll be out next year hmm. and i'm currently writing one on jj abrams so wow okay and the the, the work of jj abrams so yeah it's quite expansive that's yeah um everything from 
Armageddon, the Bruce Willis film, mm-hmm. which he wrote yep. Yep. back in the 90s, all the way through to Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, and how terrible it was, <laughs> but we won't go into that. Do you know, do you know what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, no, it's just side note, um, people that are listening. <laughs> yeah. Um, opinion, yeah. not fact, opinion. No, yeah. no, 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 I... I kind of can't breeze past that because I'm just like, I agree. Um, and I, I love Star Wars. And genuinely, if there's anyone out there listening, I would love to have someone come on and just talk to me about Star Wars and why, you know, because I'm a big fan as well. It'd be good to kind of, because some people, whether it's Star Wars, Star Trek, you know, this sort of thing, they go, well, what's the appeal? So it's nice to have someone to come on and go, here's why, because it's awesome. Here's why. Um, I know a guy. Yeah. I do know a guy, Harley. Oh, put me in I'll, touch. I'll, get you in, I'll put you in touch with him. I know a guy. It's, it's on my list of things to talk about. I'm thinking this would be a good yeah. topic. But anyway, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I do think I have, I have issues um, with that. Um, and that, and that kind of comes back to what we were saying earlier about going into a film. And I, I remember seeing that with my wife. And my wife is just like, yeah, it was a Star Wars film. And I'm coming out with like <laughs> gritted teeth, just like, I cannot believe... They did this, 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 and I'm all the way home just ranting. I'm just like, all these decisions. It doesn't make any and, and yeah, I won't go into it. But I'm I'm yeah. so similar. When I come out of a yeah. film, I am I do the same thing. I will sit in the car and I will go and my wife will go, What do you think? Yeah. Ten minutes later, <laughs> I've said my piece. And I'll go, What did you think? It was all right. She'll go, Oh, it was okay. Yeah. She no, she she is very good. She she does have a lot of critical opinion herself and stuff, and she does. Yeah, but yeah. there are times when Same. I will I will be say I will be speaking for like ten minutes, and she'll just look at me and go, "Okay then," like because <laughs> I'm I'm going way far down a rabbit hole, and yeah. I'm like, "Okay, I, this is the time I need to pull back." But anyway, re- really get back in because this we, we will end up going down a completely different. Um, <laughs> right, I, I don't mind tangents here, but I can just feel myself with all these points that are about to slip out of my mouth of like and it's yeah this is not the time and place anyway sorry no it's no it's fine it's fine but no that i mean fair enough jj abrams that's a a huge amount of work to cover and i think that's that's probably a really encouraging thing to people to think about then the fact that you're doing three separate books on three separate topics but that's kind of the joys of of writing i think in general is you can pick on a chosen topic as long as you love it and Mm. You can just yeah find a way of expressing yourself on that, and you can educate because like I've I've started reading your book and I find some of it really fascinating. Even just like the opening chapters, I'm just like oh right, I didn't realise that. Like you said, like I've recently heard about HP, and it was like oh yeah, well that I can see how all of this mm. stuff links in, and and so it was nice to read your writing and have the sort of that world explained and opened up, and I kind of feel like personally we live in a world where media is becoming extremely easy to consume and mm. it's great because there's lots of it but it also is dangerous because it's starting to lose its value you know yeah. and, and i feel like writing is something that like me personally i'm trying to get into a bit more of a habit now of reading because i love listening to stuff i love music podcasts i love watching films all that stuff but i think like people like what you do i think is is a hidden art form that should be given the time of day even if it's just 15 minutes if that's all someone can manage in the morning or at lunchtime to just sit down and read something you know because it's it's a completely different way of taking information in and i think it can be a bit more it can resonate a bit more with some people Mm. well thanks i mean i i i agree i try and read quite a lot myself um not necessarily always just about the topics either that i write about to be honest i do a lot of reading i read a lot of non-fiction really um 
I read a lot about politics. I read a lot about the world. Because I think what I'm interested in with, with what I do, and this is what is in the book that you started reading, which I'm very grateful for you for buying. Oh, for buying. Thank you. Totally fine. Um, and um, it's, it, I'm interested in how the kind of things we watch and how we th- what media we consume, like you said, how it either reflects what's going on or how it's been influenced by what's going on. And you don't get that. And this is something, and like I say, this is why he's quite an inspiration, because this was something that Darren Mooney does a lot of, and he's very good at. Um, but there aren't a vast amount of people out there doing this, looking at something with, and there's another, there's a great podcast you may enjoy, actually, Harley, called Super Context, which is just finished. Okay. Um, with two guys who take a, they, they, t- they pick a topic. In fact, I'm just listening to one on The Prisoner, actually, I mentioned earlier. And they, they, pick, they do all kinds of topics, not just films, TV, they do music, they do various different things. And they take a step back, and they, they don't just analyse what is in that product. They think about what is around it. You know, what, inf- what, what, what is the, the super context? Why, why is that being made now? How is it being made? What, is the, what are the deeper reasons behind it? That's what I'm interested in. I'm interested in not just looking at, say, Lovecraft Country again, which I mentioned because it's quite fresh in my mind, and doing a piece on what was in Lovecraft Country, but I'm interested in why is that now happening what is it saying why is it so in that in the instance of that why is it so acutely sort of resonant now because of black lives matter because of george floyd because of right the increasing conversation about black prejudice and, and everything like that and i mean that's a massive thing that i'm starting to see a real change in the way um black cinema black television is being portrayed in terms of them really standing up and crafting their own narrative in a way that I haven't seen before, which is fantastic to see. And so there's lots of things, interesting things that I try and pick up on by reading around that will hopefully influence what I want to talk about and how I want to digest this media. And I think I'd love to see more people doing that kind of stuff as opposed to just writing a review of something. Yeah. Because there's not, it's not to say that that's not interesting, but, there is only so much that you can say on that terms that isn't being said by a million other people, <laughs> you know? Um, and I think having that wider knowledge and trying to educate yourself, I, I, I try and think everything I'm writing about, I'm trying to learn about. This is what, why I do it. It's not to, it's not really to teach people anything. It's about me learning really like more than genuinely. Like I'm, I just want to know as much as I can about the world and about life and about why things fit together and, and everything. And if by sharing that, if some of them peeps, people are then slightly interested in looking at that stuff themselves, then brilliant. But I'm doing it. It's definitely, it really isn't to sort of impose on other people what I think or to make people, oh, I'm teaching them this. It's not. It's more just I want to know. Yeah. And I think sometimes by writing about it, it helps me figure things out. It helps me understand a text. It helps me understand other issues more clearly and that's the kind of writing i enjoy reading as well to be fair brilliant yeah and sort of thinking about that in the context of your your latest book it's absolutely something you want to learn about because a myth arc and and as you kind of explain it in your writing that is something that we are we have been seeing yeah probably a massive resurgence since the 90s and since all these sort of tv shows especially and now 
I kind of laughed when I was reading through your book. I was like, yeah, it's true. Like everything's a cinematic universe now. Like, you know, and, and why is that? Well, it's because that's the kind of storytelling that people are obviously gravitating towards. There must be something in it mm. that we identify with and that we mm. we like. And, and, and again, you, you go on to explain that very well in your writing and sort of why that is. And, and I think yeah, that, that's a big part of it. It's something that obviously you wanted to know more about and understand. And that obviously led you down a rabbit hole to looking at people like H.P. Lovecraft and all these books and going, oh, that's mm. what that's all about. Mm. And that's why it's so popular. Yeah. And I find all of that absolutely fascinating. I, I'm curious, did you read much of uh, his stuff? H.P.'s? Pretty much all of it because I've oh, got. Fair play to you. I've got. <laughs> it was it's... it was pretty intense few weeks. I won't lie, um, it, because it's <laughs> pretty weird. Because uh, yeah, again, like I, the, the podcast I listened to is do go on. Um, it's like a comedy one, and they were doing sort of like his life, yeah. and they touched upon the Cthulhu thing, and and I'd heard of mm. it through like there's the Metallica song Call of Cthulhu, which it, well they, they spelled it yeah. Cthulhu, yeah. Um, and then there's like Sabbath because I'm a metalhead, so it's like that imagery comes up a lot and when it, yeah. and then they touched upon and they explained that it was this entire world you know world within worlds and all of them are occupied by big gothic scary monsters and there's like there's no real <laughs> yeah, there's no real protagonists that you can identify with or things like that and i so when you just when i was looking through it i thought blink neck if he read through all of those fair play <laughs> that must have been a very intense like <laughs> yeah <laughs> I don't, I, I don't think I got quite through all of it, but I got through most of it. And it, I've got, because I've got this massive, it's a great book. It's a massive contained volume of all of his stuff. And it's a oh, fat, wow. massive fat. It, it, honestly, it could, you, it could kill a man. It's huge, <laughs> right? It's, it's massive. Um, but not suggesting that's what you do with the no, guys no, if you no, buy no, it. No, but, you know, no. it could. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, fa it's, fa it's fascinating. You know, so much... And this is why he's made King Resurgence particularly, because so much of what we consume now is influenced by. I mean, if you just read H.P. Lovecraft and then read any Stephen King novel, and you will see how Stephen King is completely H.P. Lovecraft reborn. Okay. Same with Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones okay. is, all, is massively Lovecraftian. You won't, if you read Lovecraft, you'll see it. And this is the thing. It's like once you when you expand that and you read as much as you can around it, and you you find these things out, and you watch things, and you and you listen to things. You'll see connections. You'll see how these things overlap with each other and how they influence each other, you know. And and why now we're at a point with media where I think people are craving. I think that they're craving, and I think one of the things I sort of say with this book, I think, is that they're craving a level of continuity. Right. I think because the, there is no continuity in anything else right now. I mean, look at where we are at the end of 2020. Everything's a bit chaotic, and I think with media the reason people want cinematic universes and they want narratives that can connect and characters that connect and stories that connect is that they want some level of order i think in chaos and i think that's one of the reasons why these sort of universes appeal and why it's happening to everything it's happening to star wars you mentioned before it's happening to marvel it's happening to star trek it's happening to i think it will happen to james bond eventually you know yeah. in the next yeah. decade probably and in fact, my next book hopefully will be on James Bond. That's the that's my next plan, but that's next year. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> um, but then, I, but then, and I think there's a continuity between what I'm writing as well. I think the if you look at myth building, and then you look at the Star Trek book next year, and you look at the Abrams book, and what I'm going to be talking about with which is slightly different because it's a critical study of him as a director. Mm -hmm. But you'll see connective tissue, and then you'll see connective tissue if I write a, a book about James Bond as well. In that they're they're all 
everything is connected. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think that's what interests me. I like seeing the webs form. Yeah. Um, and where and I think one of the things is it's rare when you get that that moment when you're writing something and you go, I think I've hit on something here. Doesn't happen very often. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you could be writing four thousand words in a piece, and you might think it's fine and you might be happy enough with it. And I, I don't really believe in the idea that all writers are tortured and everything <laughs> they're, they're writing is horrible in their mind. Yeah. Like, you know, you get that image that you're with writers that they're writing something and they look at it and they go, garbage, rip it up. Yeah. Right? It's like, I don't. Most of what I write, I think that's probably all right, really. I think somebody will enjoy that. Hmm. I'm probably just an egotist. <laughs> but like, but, no, I don't. I don't. I don't subscribe to the tortured artist. But there have been points where I felt like, that it's not necessarily much innovative, but then you get that moment and you get that spark, and you and there'll be something. And there is there is one thing in the book that I don't want to spoil in a way. I don't want to see if you can suss it out. Okay. But there is one thing I think I hit upon that I don't think I've heard anyone hit upon before, mm. and that makes it worth doing. Yeah, I think when you feel like you've found something that something in your writing when you when you're analysing stuff and when you're thinking about stuff that you haven't heard of before anywhere and that feels a bit like a personal revelation and that's always nice doesn't happen all the time but occasionally you get that moment and that's one of the things that makes it worth doing for yourself i think absolutely it's yeah that that's definitely again sort of cycles back to what we were saying earlier that it's about i guess as a writer to figure out what you want to say having your own voice having your own yeah, yeah. opinions and, and having your own analysts and and yeah, and there's so much. There is so much to, to pop culture and storytelling. It's something that I don't think we'll ever be done with. And so, yeah, yeah it's nice to, to go through it. And again, I would highly recommend people check out your book because it is it's very interesting, Thanks. very well researched. And oh, you're welcome. And it's, it's a lot. It's so relevant, as you say, to today, considering that there's been a huge resurgence of, of people like Lovecraft, of things like the mm. X-Files, like, you know, you mentioned mm. the MCU, which, you know, I mean, my little pop here. You know, like I'm a huge fan of <laughs> all this stuff, and and you're right, there is a reason why that it that it is all connected. And I really like yeah. what you touched upon there that there's continuity in a world where there is no continuity. I think that's I think you're probably onto something there. That's that's really cool, and that's the kind of stuff that you can get into if you uh, if you get into writing. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think it. it I think everybody sees things in a different way i mean the, the stuff i'm writing about i know that there'll be people who don't see it that way and they see things differently and that's the joy of it that's the joy of any kind of analysis and writing about these things that you enjoy there are so many different ways you can approach a text you can approach a piece of material there is no one right way you know there there, there is just what you think and are confident enough to to you know, think, and I think the, the key is the key to the good writing I've seen is when people try and back it up with some level of knowledge or evidence or, you know, a sense that they've done some of the work trying to get to that point they're making or, and you know, I don't get that. I don't get that right every time. You know, I'm fully aware of that. There are times I think I, I'm skipping things or I'm being a bit lazy and, and I'll, I'll see that if that happens most of the time. But I think if anyone if anyone is listening to this and they, they they are wanting to write about these kind of things that they like the best thing to do is to just start and you will develop as time goes on you will i'm still developing i know i'll be a better writer when i'm 48 
as opposed to when I'm 38 now. Right. Um, and that's, and I look forward to that. I look forward to that. And I, I you know, I, I'm happy to feel like I'm just always going to be learning more and taking more on. Absolutely. And as I said before, as I said before, if other people enjoy it, like you've said you've enjoyed some of the stuff, great. That's, that's, that's real. That's fantastic. But first and foremost, you've got to look as a writer at what you're doing and go, yeah, I quite like that. I'm quite pleased with that. And, you know, that's number one. It's like, it's like with anything, I think. If you're not happy with yourself, it's harder for other people to be happy with you. Yeah. And that is one of the hardest things to do, yeah. generally. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it, I can imagine that would also affect your workflow and your output, you know, if, if, you've, mm. if you've not got yeah. that. Um, you, you said something a minute ago, which I kind of want to expand a little bit on. Of So mm. when it comes to doing the research, because when we're focusing here on non, uh, non-fiction writing, that there's obviously you have to do research because usually the things you're talking mm. about will be factual in some way or another, even if you're just mm. analyzing something. As you rightly said, you've got to back it up. So I, would you consider yourself a studious person? Do you have to have that kind of mindset to do that? Or is that something that just grows naturally and you find your own way around it? It's a bit of both, to be honest. It, I, I am, I guarantee you, I promise you, I am incredibly lazy. <laughs> right? <laughs> if, I, if I can cut a corner, Harley, uh... I will cut a corner. <laughs> right? But if you are, particularly if you're writing a published piece of work, yeah. you have to put the work in. You have to go and, you know, I, I, in the days when we could go anywhere, I was going to a library um, quite often, Bir- Birmingham Library. Um, and I, I remember getting books out and, you know, re- looking at things and that kind of thing, working in the library a fair bit. To be honest, we, we're lucky these days that we've got the internet because most of the research I've done is online, really. Most of it is, is digging in and finding quotes, finding articles, finding other um, scholars who've written about things. And the majority of it is online now, which is great. Um, but there's a lot of that. And you've got to sort of dig around and try and find, if you've got a point to make, you've got to find something to try and back it up. I mean, a, a whole section of my book is about the um, the hero's journey, which is a whole sub-theory in itself, created by a guy called Joseph Campbell, who wrote a book called The, he- the Hero with the Thousand Faces. And he's, yeah. it, it's an inc- I mean, that book is like, it's one of the hardest things, impenetrable to some extent. It really is, the way he writes it. But it's influenced so many things, including Star Wars, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's all about the, the journey of the hero in a classical sense. And I try and tether that to shows like The X-Files, Lost, Millennium, yeah. who have these hero's journeys. And, I, and, and to do that, you've got, to, you've got to read it, you've got to pick out particular aspects, particular quotes, and try and marry them to what you're writing about. But to do that, you've got to read, you've got to, you've got to research. And that is, yeah. that is something that, you know, the, the knowledge and the thinking can get you so far. But then if you really want to try and back it off, you've got to, you have got to try and put some of that work in. But you've got to have that, you've got to have that plan in your head of what you want to say first, I think, really. I think the research comes second, you know. You can have all the ideas, but I think that will get you so far. And then you've got to kind of go away and and put in that research and re- and look at things and try and connect your points up really. And th- there've been there've been times where something hasn't fitted that I've written and I've got rid of it or I've stored it away and or sometimes where well, you can't find that point that backs up what you're saying in a way. And mm. sometimes that's frustrating because you feel like you found something but then maybe it doesn't quite 
sync up with yeah. the evidence, and you have to sort of ditch that really. So it's okay. It does take quite a bit, you know. Well, that's fair enough, and I guess you have to be uh, malleable then in that sense, especially if you're writing mm. nonfiction. That yeah, if something's not right, you know, and and yeah. when you're dealing with nonfiction, it's either right or it's wrong. So yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. You've, in many ways, yeah. yeah. You've, I guess you've got to throw in the ego ways. out the window a little bit and yeah, and just kind of go with what what you find out what what the information actually yeah. tells you 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 your thought process and your analysis is not it's not necessarily right or wrong but the the detail that you're playing off has got to be you know the actual information so if you've got a theory about i don't know something in the x-files and it's based on something that happened in an episode you've got to know that's happened in the episode or you've got to know that that was the intention of of a writer or something like that. and if that's not there then the, that point might not work or it might be something that you're just sort of throwing out there and it's a little bit like well where's the basis for that and i dare say there are things in in my book where that hasn't quite married up you know it, it, there will be i'm sure like there will be but it, it's it's trying to figure that out and you get better at that with time you know um but it can be frustrating when you're trying to find there was one with my new book the starship one at least where i i was uh i'd found a, a quote from Gene Roddenberry, who created the show, and it was in it was scanned from a newspaper from the seventies, so it wasn't online normally in text. And I copied it all out, wrote it down, and then I lost that file that I'd copied it down on. Could I find that that web page with that scanned <laughs> up? Could I? No chance. <laughs> Drove me mad. No. I, had to, I had to cut. I had to no. cut it in the end because I couldn't find that quote anywhere. Couldn't find it. I, you, so there's things like that where. I had to do a lot of saving, and I use I use a piece of software called Scrivener, which allows you to sort of you have a file and you can save notes in there. You can you can write your thing, but then you can do lots of other stuff. You can save things in various places. And okay, that's a godsend, you know, <laughs> it's a real godsend. It's a useful tool to so, to have. It is good. Yeah, very good. <laughs> oh, dear. I just I'm just thinking about how frustrating that must have been. <laughs> it was. So sorry. <laughs> uh, it's like when you lose an essay you know when you've done an essay at school yeah you, yeah. you didn't save it's a little bit like that yeah <laughs> the worst of feeling in the world oh i know i've not had anything like that with podcasting so far so far the files have, have not disappeared but yeah i'm, I'm no you've just you've jinxed it now though i know i said it now it's gonna happen it'll happen for this one <laughs> yeah you wait you won't you won't there won't be any recorded left of this it'll all just disappear now you've said oh, that no. <laughs> <laughs> and all this good stuff is gone Oh dear. <laughs> a uh, moral of the story then is definitely make sure you save your work if you're writing. Yes. <laughs> make sure you've Absolutely. got good software backing you up. Yeah. I love definitely. that. Yeah, that's really cool, man. And I just think there's there's so much that we've kind of gleaned from this already, but is there, is there anything else you want to throw up? Anything you, you find really helpful or interesting? Um well, I don't really know. I think nothing massively leaps to mind i just think it's just again um so i i, I just keep coming back to this whole thing of mm-hmm. I, I i just i just want to more people to do this kind of stuff and to feel like they've got the confidence to do it you know um putting themselves out there that's the big thing i keep coming back to and it's um it's so easy for people not to you know when it comes to particularly writing like critically to trying to think about analyzing something they enjoy which isn't it's not say that's it's not say it's harder than writing fiction because i don't believe that i really don't but it's it's a different skill 
but it's also something in a way that can make you feel more exposed because when you're writing a piece of fiction you're you're writing about characters you're writing about worlds you can when you're writing a piece of analysis you're writing what you think and you're writing about what your knowledge is and you're writing about what your interests are and that can make you feel a little bit more exposed i think because you might think well what if people don't agree with me what if they think i'm talking rubbish and writers are the most insecure people in the world <laughs> right? <laughs> by nature you know any well, yeah. most creatives actually i'd say right yep. whether you're writing yep, or you're time. playing music or whatever big time you you're you're your worst critic in many ways so you you're not you, the instinct is to think this is rubbish and it's one thing i've worked hard to like i said earlier to not feel when i've written something i've worked hard to think yeah actually it's all right i'm i'm pretty happy with that and i think that comes from a feeling that you are confident in what you're doing and what you're saying, at least from your perspective, is interesting to other people or interesting to yourself. And also feeling like that if people disagree, then fair enough. Like, you know, it's not about putting out a one world view of this is how things are. This is how this it should be read. It's more about feeling like I have that confidence to just to just write about what I love. And that's just something I'd say to anyone. Just go for it. Just do it. That's awesome. And thank you. That, I think that's a lovely sort of sentiment to kind of wrap things up on. And mm. just finally, then, where can people find you? Because it's a, quite a long list. <laughs> oh, yeah, let's shorten it. So It's um, fine. It's fine. I'll link, I'll link to it. All. Don't worry. Just actually, at time, <laughs> well, at time of recording, I just put out my last episode this morning. And the amount of links that I threw in there. <laughs> no, one, no, no one asked me to. But I was just like, just, just I just did, did it. And I was yeah. all this stuff. So I, I don't mind, Tony. You can fire away as many well, as you cheers. like. I'll, I'll keep it brief, though. I think really the best places to find me, there's three places. Um, if you're on Twitter, you can find me at AJ Black Writer on Twitter. I am on Instagram as AJ Black Writer, but I mainly just post pictures of National Trust places I've gone to and books. So like, <laughs> <laughs> if you're interested in either of them, yeah, fine. Fair enough. Um, you won't see a selfie from me, though, because I don't read really them. Um, so, uh, yeah, there's that. And then on Facebook, I've got a page, AJ Black Writer slash podcaster on there. Um, and then there's also my website, so culturalconversation.co.uk. And that's where you'll find the writing, essentially. Also, as well, if you want to hear me more, go to wemadethispod.com because my podcast network is called We Made This and that's got all the podcasts I'm doing, you know, and I'm doing loads. So, like, um, you'll find it all on there, basically. But my mainstay is Twitter. If you go on Twitter, I'm there most of the time. That's where I mainly ply my trade. So, so yeah, come and have a chat. You know, come and um, tell me about what you think about. If you've read the book, thank you. Otherwise, just talk to me about any old stuff, really. You know, um, that's all good. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's been a real pleasure. Cheers. Definitely has. And there we have it. Thank you, Tony, for coming on and talking to me about all things non-fiction writing. That was such an enlightening conversation, and I hope you guys listening enjoyed it just as much as I did, if not more so, really, because it is for you guys. As much as I enjoy doing this, this is for you as well. So if you are enjoying the pod, please let me know. Let Tony know. I've linked him in the uh, show notes here. You can find his account. It's definitely worth checking him out anyway, just to see what he does. His writing is fantastic. His book, uh, Myth Building in Modern Media, The Role of the Myth Arc in Imagined Worlds, is brilliant. I highly recommend you pick up a copy. I have links back in the show notes as well. 
A massive thank you to all of you who have been supporting the podcast as well over the past weeks. Again, it's nice just to see it slowly growing. And if you want to reach out to me, tell me what you think, suggest a topic, suggest a guest, or just, you know, say hello. That's all good. You can do that with the uh, show notes I've put in my social media accounts. Both of them are Twitter and Instagram. I'm more active on Twitter like Tony. That's, uh, but again, Instagram's fine as well. They're both at Fundamental Pod. And that is it, really. That's all I have to say. If uh, you like what you're hearing as well, feel free to write a review. That would be more than welcome. As far as I'm aware, Apple Podcast seems to be the only place where you can actually leave five star reviews and it makes a difference. So if you want to do that, do so and tell me because you will earn a shout out on the show. That is all from me. I hope you've enjoyed the show. And I'll be back again in a few weeks' time with a completely different guest on a completely different topic. So until then, stay tuned and stay safe.